Before we introduce our next guest, I remind everybody there is a website, HoustonJewish.org slash HoustonFlood, HoustonJewish.org slash HoustonFlood. Uh, give whatever you can. Give whatever you can to uh, help uh, the uh, Federation and Jewish Family Services. Uh, every uh, aspect, every um, segment of the Jewish community down here is uh, being assisted by them on a regular basis. And as we know, uh, the community down here has been devastated and everybody's encouraged to give whatever possible. HoustonJewish.org slash Flood. I am assuming this is Rabbi uh, Gidon Moskowitz. Am I right? Rabbi Moskowitz uh, is the... Rabbi of the Meyerland Minion, as it's known. Meyerland is the neighborhood, right? It's the section that yeah. we're in here in Houston, Texas. Correct. And um, and Rabbi Moskowitz, I say welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Someone told me you actually listened to the show many years ago. Many years ago. On my uh, ride into high school on the van. So I used to go to a high school in Staten Island, and uh, that's what we listened to each and every morning. Unbelievable. Thank you very much. How many years are you in Houston? We've been here for about 10 years. Same synagogue for 10 years. Same synagogue for 10 years. So this is, have you been through this type of thing before or not? We haven't. Thank God we have not. With all the storms and the hurricanes, it, it never got you till now. There's been flooding uh, right. on streets, but not right. in homes. This is the first time that you had that first type time of actually entered into. Did your home get hit? No, thank God not. You're a lucky man. That's, that's for sure. But your synagogue did. Yes. And I was told that today or this week was the first time that the synagogue Looked somewhat back to normal. Is that? Uh, uh, it's been a process. It's been going on for the last uh, really since since the flood. Uh, but uh, more recently, we finally finished the painting. So the shul is is basically ninety nine percent of the way there. Was the synagogue ever inactive because of the storm? Uh, just the first few days, uh, when it was just complete mayhem. But even the first Shabbos already, we we met. We didn't meet in the shul. We met in a in a room next to the side of the shul. Right. It's called the loft. It's a, a room that we use for classes and special events. So we we met there because there was a little bit less damage there. Your annex. Our annex. And uh, Shavuos ends. Yeah. Right. It's a three-day yuntif. <laughs> Tough enough as it is, right? Yeah. Shavuos is, if I recall, Shabbos Sunday and Monday, right? Correct. Even in New York, where there was no storm, it was a rough yuntif. Right. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a three-day yuntif. When you, you now you leave shul Monday night, I'm assuming sometime between nine and nine thirty. Would that be right? Correct. Okay. You leave. Is it raining yet? It's not, not raining. It's not even raining at not nine nine thirty. Beautiful weather. I'm completely exhausted. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, I go home. I go to sleep, and then uh, my wife wakes me up in the middle of the night, and she says, "The bayou's overflowing." She's reading it on. So she's getting some sort of alarm or right. text. Uh, and then we start hearing, you know, people posting different things, emailing different things that water's coming into their homes, uh, and and that's when we knew something was going on. Uh, is there anything? Now, again, reminder: you said there was no damage to your home. Thank God. Is there anything you can do that night for anybody, or essentially you're trapped? Well, we, we didn't really realize the extent of the devastation until the morning, Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. So, uh, you know, we thought it was isolated things here and there. Somebody's house was getting a little bit of water. Uh, I try and go to shul Tuesday morning. I couldn't get off my block. I tried to drive to the corner. Too much water. It's too much water at each corner. I right. had to park my car and start walking, but that I couldn't walk because right. at a certain point, it was just, it was a lake. So you assume not too many people made it to shul that I, morning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what happens the rest of Tuesday? So uh, at, at that point, you know, we did hear about some families that were stranded. Uh, you know, there was, again, mayhem. So we're, we're trying to get boats, perhaps, to go in and, and get them out. Literally. Literally, there was one family that called us and told us that they're uh, on their beds in their bedroom, and uh -huh. the water is up to the mattresses, and they're sitting there with their two little kids. So I'm calling around trying to get a boat. I finally did get a boat. By the time I got to them, you know, thank God the water had receded. Right. He was already walking around his house. Right. 
That was the middle of Tuesday. It started that to go down, That was already Tuesday right? late morning. Right. That's when the... Uh, and then I went to the shul right. to see what happened at the shul. By the time I got to the shul, also the water had receded to a great degree. Uh, but there was, uh, it was clear from the water line that there was at least a foot of water in the shul. And unfortunately, since we've never had this experience before, people, you know, weren't prepared for it. So there were tefillin on, in, a, in a rack, like at the bottom of a talus rack at the bottom, all destroyed. And um, Sfarim, many, many Sfarim, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Machzorim, all destroyed because we store them, you know, under the Aron, we store them at the bottom of, of cabinets. Like every shul does. Right. And the flooring was destroyed and the wall. So it was extensive damage. Um, and um, So what was the key over the last six weeks to get the shul back into shape? What was the key? Yeah. Did you have volunteers? Did you we have had, uh, a, a big fund that came through for you? Like, what happened that you were able to do this in what I would consider to be a relatively quick amount of time? It was, it was very quick. Uh, Baruch Hashem, first of all, we had wonderful volunteers from the whole community, people who came in from outside of the community. There were Yeshiva Bachram who came down from various yeshivas. From uh, outside of Houston? Outside of Houston, from Teaneck and from, from YU and from, and from Columbus, Ohio, NCSY kids. <laughs> uh, really, really very special. Call like a vote to them. And... Uh, between the volunteers locally and, and also outside the city who helped us both in the, the shul as well as the families who were affected as well, we were able to turn it around quickly. We also have some people in the shul who are involved in, in, uh, in construction, yeah. so they use their crews to help get the shul back up and running. That's very so helpful. Hashem, it has been very, very quick. Um, how many families do you have in the shul? We have about 65. And is it a growing shul? How would you describe it? Yeah, Baruch Hashem. It, it's, it's a Kirov shul. So people come, they grow, uh, and uh, the shul itself uh, you know, grows as well. And, and uh, eventually many of them do move on. They move on to Eretz Yisrael, they move on to other larger cities or other communities where they can continue to grow or where their work brings them or their family brings them. Outside of being recruited, I guess, at some point, what attracted you to Houston, Texas? Um, I really, my wife and I, when we came down, we were we were really blown away by the community. It's it's an extremely warm community. It's extremely friendly. Uh, the Maryland Minion in particular is an extremely warm and friendly uh, shul, and uh, it's something I hear time and time again from people who come in. They say, you know, you don't know how special a shul you have here. So uh, we we did see it. We saw it right away when we came, and uh, it 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 was. Uh, it was love at first sight. You know, we, we love the community. We love Houston, and uh, it's been 10 years. Communities need cooperation, and sometimes that cooperation is at different levels. It seems that there is a legitimate, genuine desire to cooperate one with another. I'm, not, I'm sure there's things that always come up, but it seems from what we've been told down here that there's just a genuine desire. Everybody, whether it's orthodoxy, people across the entire spectrum, even communities that are outside the Jewish community, there seems to be a, a uh, desire to just reach out and be, you know, be a proper mensch to everybody. between the, the yeah. various segments of the, of the Jewish community? Sure. Yeah, I would say so. I, I, um, I'm not sure if that's unique to Houston as much as it is perhaps to out of town, right. you know, where, where uh, it's a smaller community and, and everyone kind of... Out they say there's an extra special friendliness down here. That's, that's what I keep sure. hearing. It is the South. It is the South. <laughs> and it is Houston. So, uh. Uh, well, very nice. I'll tell you, thank God you've been able to uh, get back on your feet as a synagogue. Thank God. That is wonderful. And uh, I'm sure you are, uh, you have, I'm sure you have members of your congregation who are still facing this, this terrible challenge of rebuilding. Yeah, about, about eight or ten families, depending yeah. on how you count them, are, are homeless, are literally homeless. So it's uh, either with neighbors or with family or um, out of town at this point. Some, yeah, some of them have rent have taken uh, you know short term rentals. Some right. of them are, are hopping around from friend to friend. 
um, and, and some of them, their families have been split up, where the wife and the children have, have gone to the family in, in the Northeast, while the husband stays behind to deal with, uh, right. with the aftermath. What's the lesson big picture of Moskowitz? What's the big takeaway? What's the sermon uh, once you survive <laughs> six weeks of trying to get your shul back to normal? What's the, big, uh, what, what, what's, the, uh, what's the word that we should keep in mind, those of us who are lucky enough to be in homes that are not flooded yeah. and go to shuls that were not devastated? The lesson I couldn't tell you, I'm certainly not a Navi, um, <laughs> but, but one of the lessons I shared with my tzibur, with my community, is uh, it's actually very apropos. Um, you know, we just finished Shiva Subhatamas, we just right. finished the 17th of Tamas, the fast, and one of the things that the fast commemorates is the breaking of the first tablets, the breaking of the luchos. And uh, there's an interesting medrash, the medrash says that, that Akadosh Baruch Hu, that the Holy One, blessed be He, comes to Moshe, comes to Moses, and He says to him, you know, don't grieve over the breaking of the first tablets because you're going to get a second tablets and in the second tablets it's going to be even better. It's going to have Midrashim, it's going to have Agadus, it's going to have Halachas that the first tablets didn't have. The first tablets just had the, 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 the Aserah Sedibras, they right. only had the Ten Commandments. The, um, obviously the lesson there is, is, is very deep, um, but on the simplest level, on the simplest level we can take away from that perhaps the idea that you know when you when you go through adversity and you go through challenge and you come out the other end you come out stronger and there's something you're going to gain from it there's something you're going to grow from it so I, I like to believe that this wasn't just you know a, a uh, an annoyance or a tragedy to a, an extreme but but rather it was it was something that we uh, we can we can grow from and that we will grow from I, I really truly believe this shul will come out stronger yeah the community in general as well Perseverance. Yeah. There's definitely a Jewish angle to perseverance, isn't there? Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you something else. I'll tell you the other angle, which we touched on earlier, yeah. is the idea of Mikam Chesro. Right. Uh, the, the fact I mean, that... people coming from New York to clean up your shul? Amazing. That's unbelievable. Then, uh, from all over the country. Yeah. And, and donations as well. We set up a, a donation on our website, right. on MarylandMinion.org. And uh, donations have been coming in from Eretz Yisrael. They've been coming in from Chicago, from New York, from, from California. Uh, really incredible, an incredible thing. Donations coming from organizations, you know, the Aguda, uh, the Orthodox Union, uh, Lakewood Yeshiva, and in even also non-Jewish organizations who sent us in very, very nice grants. Uh, and uh, really very, very uh, touching. I'll share with you one story, if I may. Sure. Uh, so I'm going through um, the mail yesterday, just looking at, again, these, I've gotten used to this idea that donations come from the strangest of places. And the particular donation I was looking at was, was very interesting. I opened it up, and it says on the, on the envelope, it says, uh, United States Department of Justice. <laughs> so I said, at first I thought we were in trouble. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> then I open it up, and I see it's a check. So I'm thinking, what? the government doesn't send you checks for nothing, right? <laughs> so I look at the check, and then it says underneath, from the Bureau of Federal Prisons. And then I hopped, then I understood that here's somebody who's sitting in prison, in federal prison. And wants to help the shul. And he wants to help the shul. <laughs> he read something online. Uh, well, he probably doesn't have access right. to it, but he read something in some newspaper that right. he has access to, and he wants to help the shul. I was blown away. And then I read down, and it actually listed the name of the individual who sent us the check. Do you want to know who sent us this check? Jonathan Pollard. Jonathan Pollard. <laughs> How'd you know? I've heard this story from so many different causes. He's unbelievable. He wow. always sends something to people, to Jews he thinks that are in need. It's which amazing. is an unbelievable. It's beautiful. Just think about what he's going right. through, and what he does. That he's thinking about us. It's unbelievable. And and, and you tell this story. I, the only reason I was hesitant to say his name and guess his name 
is I know the health challenges he's going through. I figured how could he possibly be keeping this up of helping people in need? And look what happened. Unbelievable. Incredible. Unbelievable. Incredible. Unbelievable. Mikam Kleistrel. Mikam Kleistrel is right. Ragidol Moskowitz. Meyerland Minion. People should look it up online. And when they visit Houston, you're more than happy to welcome them. Absolutely. Please right. do. Please come Southern on hospitality. That's right. A great Southern challenge, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. Thank Every you. Shabbos. Thank you very much. Uh, we're here at JM in the AM all the way from the New York, New Jersey area. We are down in Houston, Texas.